You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's a Thursday here on the Blogging the Boys podcast network, and that means it's time to get riled up on the Cowboys with your man, Tom Ryle and your boy, Roy White. And, uh, Tom, there's a lot to get riled up on the Cowboys after that game. Perhaps not as much as we had a week ago, right? A more respectable performance in the way that the Cowboys lose this game. Potentially, a lot of excuses can be made for this team and the way they lost it. You could even say they were inches short of winning this football game. But in the end, the Cowboys fall to 10 and 5 after that loss to the Dolphins, all but dashing their hopes of winning this division. I'm not saying it's not still possible, but it will take something special to do it. Yeah. And the excuses don't hold up anyway because it all comes down to a, a, some key mistakes the Cowboys made. You know, like Tony Pollard, first off, should have gotten in, then they fumbled the ball. And then, you know, at crucial times, particularly on the game-winning field goal drive, Dan Quinn's defense just couldn't stop them. Yeah. And I know this is revisionist history. Like, on that very first drive, and I've been supportive of Mike McCarthy going for it in, in almost every case that he's gone for. Like, I like the aggressive approach. So I suppose I can't really kill him this much for it here. And it worked. But – I did think they should have taken the field goal when it was about fourth and two. And that early in the game, like I would have been comfortable with just taking the points and letting my defense play it out a little bit. I I know that's revisionist history and Hey, they got it. So what argument do I have to make that that would have been the right call, but I just would have felt better about it because late in the game when they were trailing by a touchdown score, like I felt, or or multiple scores, right? I felt there was a greater pressure to kind of do things within the game plan that might not have come if they'd have been within one score at that time of the of the game, right? Does that make sense? Like the game script, yeah. As that game kind of played out, it always yeah. felt like Miami kept them at, at a little bit arm's length there down the yeah. stretch. Yeah, I can get where you're coming from because that was a ten point swing essentially. Instead of being up seven oh, they were down oh three. So, you know, that's that 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 hurt. Now we're on to the Lions. You know, we can't yeah. change anything in the past. Um, you know, they've got a this is it's it's another okay, this doesn't dictate the outcome of the regular season, but it it's important. You know, the Cowboys are essentially locked into no worse than the fifth seed based on the tiebreakers and the remaining games, no matter what else happened in the league, the Cowboys are the fifth seed and no worse. Uh, the chances of them 
getting the NFC East basically hinge on them winning out and the Eagles losing out. And given that it's the Arizona Cardinals and the New York Giants coming up for the Eagles, uh, I'm not putting any money on that. So, you know, it looks like we're going to have to just deal with, with the Cowboys going into the road team. And they really need to get a win over a good team. It, it's kind of interesting how it's played out because all of a sudden over the past few weeks, that Cowboys record against winning teams has gotten better because they did get wins earlier this season over both the, the L.A. Rams and the Seattle Seahawks, who are now at 8-7 and seven and sitting in the 6th and 7th seeds uh, as things stand and have a good chance of finishing up. So that's kind of helped. Adding Detroit into that win column would really make the team look better when you go in and start analyzing things. But, you know, it's just – they need to just take care of business in this game. That's that's the main thing. I don't like the whole vibe of coming in on a three-game losing streak to finish up against the Commanders in what's likely to be a totally meaningless game when it might be more important for the Cowboys to rest people and protect them by keeping them on the sidelines. So they need to get this win while it's a game that matters, that still can influence things, and most of all that I think can influence them mentally, get them in the right mindset, build up their confidence. You know, after that kind of heartbreaking loss against the Dolphins, they need something to get them feeling more ready to go into the playoffs, even knowing they're going to have to go on the road and get away from the friendly confines of AT&T Stadium, and boy, it's been a long time since we've been able to say that. Yeah, and I mean, I agree with you that this win, a win against the Lions would be a little bit different class of a win than even, I think, what they experienced against either the Rams or the Seahawks. Like, yes, those teams have come on to be serviceable, and they may wind up being playoff teams, as you said, but the Lions right now are tied with the 49ers and the Eagles, for the NFC, for the best record in the NFC with 11 wins, right? The Cowboys have an opportunity to make a statement against a team like that who brings to the table a lot of the things that the Cowboys kind of struggle with, right? Uh, and we'll get into that here in a little bit. But, you know, looking at the overall picture, they can't lose sight of what's in front of them and they can't afford to take things like to not take things seriously, even against that Washington team in the final week, because they need to be playing the best football they can. Unfortunately, the one thing we're not going to get an answer to in this game against Detroit before we get into it is what this team can ultimately do on the road. I don't know what they do to simulate, Tom, the environment that they're going to experience when they have to take this show on the road in the playoffs. And I don't love that this matchup against the Lions is coming in friendly confines because they need to answer questions that we're not going to get an answer to until playoff time regarding their ability to play good teams on the road and perform when their communication isn't at the best level it could possibly be. I expect that to be at the best level it can be. There at Cowboy Stadium. So you're, you're saying you're saying that you'd love for the Lions to do a takeover at AT and T 
and give them that kind of semi-road environment. Josh, I mean, it ain't it ain't happening. Detroit doesn't travel like that. But I mean, shoot, if I couldn't wave my magic wand just to give me a little bit more confidence as to what this win can do. Unfortunately, Tom, like I don't think this win can give you as much juice as a win against a Dolphins or Bills team would have on the road in those environments. Having said that, I'm not saying the game's meaningless. I'm just saying, unfortunately, the folks that have still boxes that need to be checked by this Cowboys team or Dak Prescott as a quarterback, like they can say those boxes remain unchecked. Yeah, and unfortunately, those opportunities have been missed. There's nothing they can do to go back and recoup that. Now they just have to focus on taking care of the business ahead of them because, like like we've already said, there's just too many downsides from losing this game. Uh, you know, and, and you know, you were touching on that that road environment. That's another reason I think McCarthy wanted the ball to open the game against the Dolphins was that he hoped to kind of take the crowd out of it a little bit, which going forward into the playoffs, that could be something that they may be able to accomplish, but they've got to get that score on the first possession and not let the other team score first, which, you know, can be a tall order sometimes. Yeah, I do like that strategy, though, going forward, them trying to get the ball in the first half, and they may get it just because a lot of teams like to defer. For this Cowboys team, I think that is their best option. So setting them up, against this Lions football team, right? Uh, Detroit has looked like here recently that they found a little something. Uh, not only do they bring a lot of weapons that we briefly mentioned in Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, sort of this two-headed backfield monster, but we also know they have a very talented wide receiver group uh, in both Antonio St. Brown, uh, Jamison Williams, and then their tight end, the young kid in Sam Laporta, who – Hey, I'm sure Cowboys fans would uh, love to have that type of skill set, that type of talent here. I'll digress from that. Tom, what do you see as the focal points for what the Cowboys do need to do in terms of accomplishing things against this Lions team? I think you have to start with that run game. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, golf has had an excellent year. Um, he's, he's, maybe playing some of his best football of his career, you know, which incidentally is the same length as Dak Prescott's because as people may remember, they, that was the the three headed monster between golf, Wentz and Prescott. And two of them are left standing right now. So <laughs> we, we can kind of put whatever we can into that because we always love to go about certain things, but uh, they are a very good rushing team. They're much more so-so passing the ball, and I think that's partly because they have been playing complementary football. That running game has kept the pressure off Goff, which has likely helped him perform better and more consistently. So, yeah, first off, they've got to figure out the run game. You know, now they've, uh, you know, they they've decided to roll with this idea of using a bunch of safeties at linebacker. You know, they the Dolphins only had, I think, 91 yards rushing last week. It wasn't like they were blowing the Cowboys off the line or anything. Still, when they would get to the second level, sometimes they just weren't – the tackling wasn't 
up to snuff the way the Cowboys have been over so much of the season. And they were just getting a few more yards than was helpful for the Dallas's cause. So they Cowboys have to figure out how to make this work. And, uh, you know, the, the one little news bit that came out uh, was that the Cowboys cut Rashawn Evans uh, and they activated Matt Willetsko, which ties in. There's a couple of, you know, side things you have to look at that. People are saying, oh, no, what are they going to do about linebacker? Well, you know, you know what? Rashawn Evans took exactly zero defensive stat snaps last week, so they weren't using him anyway. So I don't, you know, losing him, I think, has almost zero effect on anything with the defense. Team allows him to go. The Cowboys picked him up for nothing. It was worth a flyer, and they determined that he wasn't going to be of any use to him. There's there's no real story there to me. Yeah. Now, well, let's go getting activated from IR. To me, that says I think they really want to sit Tyron Smith the last two weeks of the season. Let him get as healed up as possible, be as close to 100% as a guy with his many years in the league is going to be as they go into the playoffs. So I think let's go becomes the depth at left tackle. Uh, I'm, I guess they'll probably go with Chuma Adoga again. Adoga just did not look good. There were just too many replays where he's in pass protection and he's blocking to his right, not. Bradley Chubb and Chubb just running around. Chubb had a sack and a half. Uh, Dak Prescott got hit 12 times in that game. And it seemed like on almost every other passing play, he was running for his life and having to extend plays and create or try to make yards with his legs. If they don't get that fixed, then this is going to be a tough road to hoe against the Lions because Prescott needs to be the engine of this team. Uh, he needs to be finding C.D. Lamb, which he still managed to find C.D. Lamb for over 100 yards and a touchdown. But they did kind of, for a stretch in the middle of the game, kind of keep Lamb off stage, keep him from having much impact. Uh, they've got to ride him. They've got to make sure Jake Ferguson is involved. Uh, they may have a little something with Jalen Tolbert, who had over 40 yards receiving and was looking pretty good. Um, hopefully they, uh, you know, they can get Brandon cooks involved, uh, throwing a little Cavante Turpin maybe, but they need to get the passing game clicking because the Dallas running game is also not getting it done. Uh, Tony Pollard, you know, he, I was surprised to see he's eighth in the league in rushing because it sure doesn't feel like that. Shocked by that. When I read that, my eyes almost bugged out. I almost texted you immediately. What? Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. 
Real Traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But, I mean, honestly, it's a, it's a war of attrition. I could name two dozen running backs that I think have looked better than Tony Pollard at various points this season, but half of them have, like, been through some type of injury stretch at some yeah. point. So, we kind I mean, credit to Tony Pollard coming off of that horrific injury, like, in less than nine months to get back on the field. And, unfortunately, like, He's probably not going to get paid a whole lot this offseason based on this performance. I don't know. We'll see. I'm interested to see what that market turns out to be. But if it's anything like it's been lately, like, no one's going to be all that impressed. No one's going to be, you know, knocking down his door to pay him big money this offseason. And I don't know necessarily if the Cowboys should continue to lean on him and expect him to come around this season, Tom. Like, with two games to go, if they want to convert to a complete 50-50 split with Rico Dowdle, I almost don't have a problem with that. What, what, how would you feel about that? Only because where Tony Pollard separated himself as, to me, a running back, like his explosiveness, of course, on the edges, but his ability as a pass catcher has significantly diminished, right? A year ago, he was like a eight to nine yards per reception type of guy. And today he's like averaging less than five. That's not worth even throwing the ball to your running back, much less, yeah. you know, pretending that he should be out there for all those passing plays. Your thoughts you, on it? You have to wonder if coming back from that injury has had a bigger impact than we might think. Uh, you know, if they if they gave more workload to Dowdle, you know, they're, you know, Pollard averages four yards a carry, Dowdle's at 3.9. Uh, I don't know how he can, Dowdle compares as far as being sure-handed because sometimes having a three-yard dump-off beats nothing when, you know, beats throwing it away. But, you know, you, you'd hope, you'd, you'd want to see Dowdle breaking or uh, uh Pollard breaking loose and getting some yards like he was before his injury. It's just, that's just not happening. And unfortunately that's one thing I don't know they can solve. I've got more faith in them getting Prescott cooking out there and uh, you know, beating the lions through the air. Uh, I think that their, their, their pass defense is maybe a little more vulnerable. We can certainly hope so. Uh, you know, they've given up, I think, a lot of touchdowns and stuff. So 
to me, that's that's it. And it may all really come down to the offense, the offensive line. If they can play better than they did last week, I think that will the offense will kind of have a better chance to hum along, you know. But they've got to get the offense clicking because this is a offensive and scoring driven team. They can't fall behind because they don't play from behind well. They are designed, they function better when they get a lead and are then able to try to protect and build on a lead. And I'm talking, you know, a touchdown, 10 points. Then that's when they can start kind of pouring it on a little bit and and start to pull away from teams. Uh, when they don't do that, it's a whole different ball game, and it's a lot chancier to me. Without a doubt. I mean, it's in their approach, right? If, if there's – it's complimentary football in a way. It's just not classic complimentary football, I think of, in terms of like, you know, passing the ball to run them. They want to score big because their defense has greater success when they force you into game situations that you might be uncomfortable with or that perhaps they can kind of measure what might be coming. And when they don't have that ability, especially when you're carving them up in the run game, I mean, that's to me that that aspect of it, uh, that certainly is something that they can be tested on and, you know, get some marks for if they succeed against this Lions team, because that run game is like borderline special to me between what they have with David Montgomery and, and Jameer Gibbs and Jameer Gibbs talent level alone. Like he might be the closest thing, not maybe size wise to McCaffrey, but moves wise, he is probably I think the the best test outside of McCaffrey going right now in the NFL. Um, speaking of, you know, obviously we talked a little bit about the offense and how they needed to tune those things up. You talked about Tyron Smith. Obviously, you're comfortable with them sitting him for the next two weeks, right? That's my preference. Yeah, I, and I didn't say I was necessarily comfortable. I just think that's the lesser of two evils. Yeah, know? well, I, yeah, I guess you're right. You shouldn't use the word comfort, but that is your preference, right? Yeah, that I, is your preference. I'm leaning that way. I think because mine too. Uh, yeah, I don't think they should put his health at risk. Um, let, like I said, give him what's that? Three more weeks to heal, or two and a half more weeks. Yeah. Let him get better. Uh, because they they're going to need him in the playoffs. Just you know, that's that's just a simple matter of fact. If he's not there for the playoffs, I just don't see this going anywhere. Uh, you know, they they would likely be facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Bucks. You know, with Joe Burrow or, or excuse me, Baker Mayfield, they're looking dang good right now, and the Cowboys are dangerous. going to need their. The Cowboys are going to need their A game. This wasn't like we thought it might be with the AFC South because the Buccaneers have suddenly gotten it together. Um, yeah. 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 I, I lean towards let's let Tyron Smith get healthy. And because, as I mentioned, this game doesn't change very much on how the playoffs stack up. And, you know, I, I think they need a win. Uh, I don't want them to have to go in and feel like they need to win the Washington game because they they can't stand the idea of going into the playoffs on a loss. Uh, you know, I would prefer to see them that Washington game be so meaningless that you know Dak doesn't play. Uh, 
you know, put the put the new quarterback guy out there and let him see what it's like and, you know, give Cooper Rush some snaps. Uh, you know, just I would I would love to see that come and it not hurt the team at all. But you know, we've we've got to they've got to do something about that. Well, that's another reason why this game may be the last opportunity to get CD Lamb his work, right? I mean yeah. You could argue that this team has gone as CD has gone when they have looked their best. CD Lamb has looked dominant when they have been outclassed. CD Lamb has not really been as involved as maybe he should be. This game, his end of the game statistics look good, but if you look at his involvement, you know after the heavy dosage there, where I think he had like five catches for ninety yards, he ended with six for one hundred and fifteen. He caught one more pass after that the rest of the way or two yeah. more passes the rest of the way. So, you know, from that standpoint, if we're going to go to backups against Washington, I kind of think I'm okay living and dying with the Dak to CD connection. Right. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk they, a little bit about the turnovers, but like I w- am okay with force feeding that 15 to 20 times a game. Yeah. And a, a, a second thing I think they need to do is make sure they they're getting Ferguson some work. They need yes. to work to beat that 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 crease in the middle of the field stuff with Ferguson because he is a yards after catch monster. Uh, I, I think they need to keep him involved very much, uh, and then the rest basically are just kind of filling in. Brandon Cooks, yeah, I'm not at all unhappy about the Brandon Cooks trade, but they haven't had to rely on him, and I'm just as happy if they don't have to. Uh, because maybe that means that he might have a shot in the playoffs of jumping up and surprising teams, and that's what he'll come out. But, you know, I, I'm like you. C.D. Lamb needs to be the focus. Ferguson, if, if Lamb is not there, then he needs to be looking for Jake. I know we'd also like to see this team cut down on the turnovers and the penalties. Well, How yeah, much so- of that? So, I mean, how much of that can we really attribute? Like the penalty, the turnovers and stuff, right? This fumble here recently, I don't know what to really put that on entirely. Like maybe it was Lipke who didn't quite get a handle on it. Maybe it was Dak didn't quite put it in the right place. I just well, consider about, that to be bad luck. And I'd how, give Lipke how, his opportunities the next time if I had that shot. And how, how, about, how about this? They just haven't worked together that much. Yeah. You know, you're down there on the goal line when you need a sure handoff and you're going with a guy that he's has barely gotten the ball. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know, his, his previous carries in that game were as, about as much work as we've seen Lipke get, except for maybe one one game he got a couple of touches and did something with him. Yeah, I that to me was – I think we need to look at Mike McCarthy for calling that play. Uh, I think there were other options. I would have – at least considered on first down yeah. uh, play action, Dak roll out. Maybe he has an open lane to the end zone himself. Maybe he gets an easy touchdown throw. I just was not thrilled about them going with that. I understand after what we'd seen Lipke do on two previous carries, but again, this is not a guy that's used to that. This is a guy, and and I th- it came up, it, it, it bit them, rolled right up and bit them in the butt. Uh now, 
the turnovers, yeah, that was the only turnover in the game. It's not like they were swapping with the ball, but they weren't getting the ball either. And turnovers are always very tough because you can't really, you know, they're, they're, they're just too much chance. A lot of it is a, a bad bounce. Uh, you know, the quarterback getting his arm hit or something, you know, something freaky happening. Um, there's there's just very few times that just you flat out have Deron Bland jumping a route and just outsmarting them. Mm-hmm. They need to get more turnovers, but most importantly, they need to not make any. Uh, they can't give the ball up at all against Detroit. They're too good a team to give them a free chance or two. Uh, and, you know, it would be nice to see them get some, but as long as they can keep the ball and not give it up, I think they've got an excellent chance of winning this game. Penalties. Penalties. How long have we been beating our heads against that wall? Cowboys are now, I mean, they've improved. They're now the second most penalized team in the league behind the New York Jets. Uh, so, wow, progress. Well, come on. They had this problem last year, and they've just gotten worse. Uh, you know, as, as I saw somebody talking about on X, how 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 hard do we need to be scrutinizing the coaches over, over this? Isn't that part of their responsibility, their portfolio, is to get their teams to not make penalties like that? And I, I, I hate to do this. I just hate to, to bring this up. But, my God, what do they have to do to Micah Parsons for the refs to call a flag? Uh, there was that one picture where he was getting tackled. Two guys had him wrapped up, just dragging him to the ground. It's like, what does it take? What, what is going on? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I mean, is is there really a deep conspiracy because Roger Goodell is still mad about Jerry Jones trying to replace him as the commissioner? Uh, you know, I'm not into conspiracy theories, but sometimes you just like start running out of other reasons, and I don't get. I mean, you don't see the Boses. You don't see Max Crosby. You don't see those guys just getting held endlessly and no flags coming. At least I don't think you do. And yet Parsons is is just getting mugged on a regular basis. I mean, I chalked it up to just missing, like, for a long – I mean, and I still kind of do. Like, these are just refs. They're human. They're not great at their jobs to begin with. And they're missing these calls, and he just happens to be on the bat and the stick of it. But, dang, when people put it out there that it's almost been 40 quarters that have gone by that he has not had a penalty committed against him, that's that's atrocious. We and, all when you add, and when you add in the fact that you've got Demarcus Lawrence and Dorrance Armstrong and Osa Adigizua, and, and they're not getting flags either, and – the Cowboys pass rush, I you know, I believe they're just too good to not be held and the other teams not getting more pressure. They're just, you know, that that just doesn't add up. If they if they can't get more pressure than they're getting, I have to think that that there's a little holding going on that's not being called out there. And I just, you know, I know a lot of other teams complain you know every every team has penalties that they can scream about you know sometimes the cowboys do benefit 
But this is getting to be a little bit too egregious to me. Yeah. What's I mean in prime time? I I wonder. I, I bet they'll bring that up on the broadcast, actually. I bet they'll bring that up in probably a montage involving Micah Parsons because hey, like that was probably his good shot on social media this week. His bad shot involved maybe the shot he took at Brock Purdy there on Monday night football when uh he did not look so good against the Ravens and Micah said something to the effect of, uh, oh, I guess this is what it looks like when he, you know, is still throwing checkdowns when they're down 21. It tells you everything you need to know. Man, Tom, Tom, like, I thought that was a really stupid comment from Micah. That yeah. is certainly going to be remembered and almost 100% will be referenced, a la Corey Seager at the Rangers World Series parade where he had to still make a comment about something the Astros said right before the playoffs even started, I guarantee you that's bulletin board material for the Niners if the Cowboys end up facing them in the playoffs. And just one more thing to add to, you know, yeah. what will be a mountain against them. Yeah, well, social media ain't Michael Parsons' strength. <laughs> Man, it's <laughs> like he's great for it. He's really great for it, Tom, but – Doggone, man. The the platforms for these players now, it's wild because, yeah. I mean, they can just step in it so easily. You know, you really can't yeah. say the right thing uh, in yeah. those positions if you're also going to be like a hot take artist, which I'm not saying Micah is to any degree. I think he believes the stuff he says. I just, hey, man, you got to tone that type of stuff down, being a little bit too much of a fan sometimes when you're not yeah. necessarily in that position. <laughs> yeah, you're say, not a fan, say- dude. Save the snark for Hollywood. Let's let's yeah. not bring that into sports. Vigo, like you have to you have to play these guys. Like I don't have to play these guys. I can say that. You know, a fan mm-hmm. could say that. A broadcaster could say that. They don't have to play these guys. You have to play these guys physically. Mm-hmm. Like you're the one that has to be out there. So he'll have to answer for that, I'm sure. But all that aside, it's the Lions here in prime time in Dallas. Who knows if Jerry will have the roof open? I doubt it because it's gotten a little cold here in Dallas. So if he does open the roof, I would be impressed. But then again, he loves that light show, right? What do you think? Well, I'm not, I don't care about the roof. Just don't forget, this could be the final breaking of the Jimmy Johnson curse. Well, yeah. You know, because this is the induction into the ring of honor, which is, you know, only what, like two decades overdue. Uh, I think electric night. A- It'll be yes. an electric night. I just hope it doesn't become a distraction because sometimes the Cowboys get so wrapped up in the off-field stuff. You know, just like remember when they announced it. Everybody's going like, why are you announcing that before the game on live TV, Jerry? Oh, no. wait a minute. It's live TV before the game with a big – never mind. Got that figured out. We parsed yeah. that one. <laughs> hey, well, look, they, they spent the Panthers. I mean, they took care of business against the Panthers that week. So it's either, you know, a bad play or it's like jet fuel to propel them to a win over the Lions. And we'll only know the answer to what that is, Tom, after the game is concluded. Right. Yeah, and so don't, don't forget it's Saturday night, folks. 
<laughs> That's right. Saturday night, it will be going down. Cowboys and Lions. Of course, you can catch the pregame show here on the YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to that over at bloggingtheboys.com. And make sure you follow my guy, Tom, at Tom BTB. You can hit me up at RW3 on Twitter. I don't give Elon the – I mean, it's nothing against Elon, really. It's just – it's always going to be Twitter to me. Like, it's a tweet. It's not an X. It's not a Z. I don't know what we would call it. A post on X? It should be against Elon. Go ahead. You can do it. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. But either way, uh, we can't wait to hear what you think about what the Cowboys – can prove against the Lions. Can they really, you know, show everybody they've got what it takes to wind up getting to the NFC Championship game, which I think is the bar we've all set for this season based on what we've seen in the past and what this team is capable of and has shown themselves to be capable of here in 2023. Next time we broadcast, it'll be 2024, Tom. So I hope you have a very happy new year. Happy new year to all of those listening out there to – the great folks here at Blogging the Boys, and make sure you go check out all the content at bloggingtheboys.com as well, and engage. We love to hear your thoughts on everything involving the Dallas Cowboys. For Tom, I'm Roy. We'll see you guys next Thursday. You stay riled up on the Cowboys. to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.